your girl Rebecca. And Lily. And you're listening to Just, Just Gooey Things. How was that one? That was actually pretty good. Spot on. Nice. Hey, Boo Things. Welcome back to Just Gooey Things, the quarantine spooky story special episode 18. 18? I think so. Yeah. And this is your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. So, uh, Sunday Scaries. So, with the Sunday Scaries, we have some scary, spooky stories to share with you. Um, Yay! I have been sleeping in, and it has been amazing. And I've been watching mm. tons of new movies that I haven't typically been a fan to watch. Like, I just watched, it was called, um, it's like the um, the James Bond movies, the 007 I've never watched any of those movies before, but I watched, uh, it was created in 2015. I forgot the name of it, Um, but it was okay. I mean, I think it it was, I feel like it's like the typical action movie, like very corny, predictable. So I was kind of disappointed because I stayed up to like one o'clock watching it. Um, (laughs) But um, I'm obsessed. If you guys haven't watched this yet, it's called Money Heist, but like the Spanish version is called La Casa de Papel and it's on Netflix. So pretty much it's, all in Spanish, but they have English voiceover, but it's not like the obnoxious voiceover where it's like super delayed, where you think, like, where you know they're obviously not speaking English. Okay. And it's about like all these like convicts, or they're like all felons, convicts, fugitives, whatever. And they all have this big master plan created by the professor to, um, to put, uh, to go to the Bank of Spain and do a huge like heist. And create lots of money, like millions and billions of dollars worth, pretty much. And um, it's just pretty much like all of the craziness that leads to it, how plans go wrong, but how the professor has all these backup plans. He's always like 10 steps ahead. And it's like such an awesomely written show. And it keeps you at the edge of the seat. And they just came out with part four on the third. So it's like perfect timing because I was just running out of things to watch. (laughs) So I was like, all right, this is perfect. Oh, I want to ask you, did you end up watching that thing with Steve yesterday? No, I didn't. I completely forgot. So yeah. I wanted to see if you had watched it or not. No, I was I was going to, and then it was dinner time, and I got excited. Ooh, what'd you eat? Chicken cutlets. Chicken niggies. Chicken cutlets. <laughs> Chicken niggies. <laughs> Can't go wrong. All right. Um, so let's get right into the stories. Did you want to start? Did you want me to start? I'll start. Let's go. All right, so this one is another pretty long one. It's called My Unexplained Experiences. All right. All right. Hi, everyone. First time poster here. After reading so many experiences from other people, I thought it was time to share some of my own. It's going to be quite a long story, so if you are reading this, thank you for taking the time. My English is quite good, but not super great. I'm Dutch, so I hope everything is readable. And I skimmed this, and it seemed okay. All right. All right. I'm just not sure what to make of these things. I think some experiences can be explained by depression and isolation. The mind can play some serious tricks. But there are also some things that I just can't explain. The first story goes back to something that started when I was very little. I don't even remember what age I was, but it's one of my first memories. A slow dragging sound, like a heavy piece of clothing, slowly being dragged across the floor a few feet away from me. Mm. This happened often, and continue happening in every house I've lived in until I was 23, sometimes even at other people's houses, and then it abruptly stopped. As a kid, I just got used to it, but as I got older, it frightened me because it wasn't really normal. I never found out what it was. The second story is when I was 12, in the house me and my siblings lived in with my mother after my parents got divorced. There were three rooms in the attic, and one of them gave me a spooky vibe, probably because of the way it looked. We didn't do anything with it. We just used it for storage. It was dark, wooden walls, and concrete floor. I was—I used to have nightmares about that room, that a girl used to own that room, and that she still lived there when we also lived there. She didn't look too good. The weird thing is when I told my brother about this, he turned pale and told me that he saw that girl on the stairs. He gave me details. Yeah. He gave me details about what she looked like, and it was the exact same girl I saw in my dreams. In that same house in my bedroom, I also used to have very vivid nightmares about a man sitting in my chair that was across from my bed, staring very angrily at me, and I and I would know this but pretend to be asleep. Yeah. 
It says, I normally dream about unknown places, but this was my bedroom and all the furniture was there. I never dream of, and all the furniture there, which I never dream about. But when I do, I always find it suspicious that that could be also be me overthinking it. The nightmare happened every once in a while until I moved out. The third story is when I was 16. I moved in with my dad, but I was suffering from depression, so I was home a lot. My dad was gone a lot, day and night, so I was there by myself, and after a while, I, I fully settled in but started hearing sounds. I should add that this house was newly built a few years before this. Once it was built, my father immediately moved in. A big fire burned the house down that were standing there before, but no one died. Anyways, the sounds. I would hear a Zippo lighter open and close in the hallway downstairs uh, for a few minutes, quite a few times. And once I heard a very loud booming, and once I heard a very loud booming growl in the hallway upstairs next to my bedroom door. And one time I was taking a shower with the bathroom door open for some reason. And for some reason, I wanted to look around the corner to open to the open stairs that led up to the attic. I saw a full black mass, but could make out a head from it, as if it was looking around the corner from the stairs back at me. Ugh. But I suffered from anxiety and depression at the time, so I'm just not sure if those experiences were paranormal. My family talked into me that I was imagining those things because of my emotional state. All right. Mm. The fourth and last story happened in my current apartment. There are three things that happened that I found very strange. One time when I was in my kitchen, a knife was thrown in the kitchen sink when I was absolutely sure that nothing was on the counter and it was thrown in there with force. Mm. But I could also be wrong about that and did leave a knife there and totally forgot. Let's hope it's that case. Second thing in this apartment, the kitchen and bathroom are in my hallway and at the end, sorry, I'm like trying to like kind of translate this at the same time. (laughs) And at the end, is the door leading to my living room. When I go to bed, I always close that door. It always closes easily, even with a draft when the windows are open. One morning, I used the bathroom and wanted to walk back to my bedroom and tried to close that living room door, but I couldn't. It was as if something was stuck between it. I pushed very hard, stood there like an idiot, pushing with all my weight, and eventually closed it. I thought that was strange, but went back to bed anyways. After a short while, I heard a very loud bang. It scared the crap out of me. I waited for a while and then went to check it out. The living room door was wide open. That has never happened before in the two years I lived there at the time and never happened again after that. The last and most recent thing that happened was about eight months ago in my kitchen. It was time for bed and I wanted to get some water first. I always leave the light off when I'm only there to get water. So I drank my water and turned around to leave. Then I saw a face right in front of me. It was transparent, but could make, but I could make out curly hair. And the thing that was really freaked me out was that it's a, was that its face was smeared like a wet painting and you drag your fingers over it. I don't know how else to explain it. It looked kind of sad as well. I stood there frozen, but then snapped out of it for, but then snapped out of it and jumped into the hallway I stood there for a while, then grabbed my lady balls and went back to check and see if maybe it was a trick or if the light was a reflection on the wall. It wasn't. There was no reflection at all on the wall. And I also know for sure that the face was just a few centimeters away from mine because I almost walked into it when I turned around. Maybe I should also mention that this is my current apartment. Oh, maybe I should also mention this about my current apartment. Sorry. In the first three years I lived there, my brother mentioned feeling very negative vibe in the living room. I have a few very weird I had a few very weird nightmares about my living room as well. He wasn't comfortable at all being there. I agreed with him, but I lived there, so I didn't really know what to do. <laughs> I couldn't just leave. But in the last one and a half years, I have changed my place a lot, and he says it feels much better. Anyways, that's it. Thanks for reading. I'd like to hear if people have similar experiences like these, especially the following dragging sound or any anything like that about that smeared sad face. Hmm. That's interesting. There's just so many different paranormal experiences that, that this person has, you know, encountered. I know. So this is where like, okay, so I'm kind of caught up on this dream, like the dream scenario that she said like earlier on in the story, mm-hmm. because I feel like we're able to like, decipher in our dreams, whether or not a dream is real or not by like looking back and like saying, okay, well this like, this at the time seemed like this was my house, but looking back, this has no characteristics of, like, what my house looks like 
or it does mm-hmm. have some, but like there was something that was completely off that it's like, yeah, obviously that was a dream. But mm-hmm. it seemed like the experiences she was having in her dreams, where she was, like everything was the same. Like I feel like normally in a dream things are distorted. So like maybe she wasn't dreaming. Yeah, that's what I was wondering, especially because the, uh, her brother said that he saw something in real life. Mm-hmm. So maybe she was actually seeing it but didn't realize that, like, that was her in full consciousness. Yeah. But, um, okay. Lil, you have a choice. One to five. 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 All right, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. This is Uncle's Encounter with La Jobless. Wahables? La, la, I think it's La Jobless. La <laughs> Diables slash La Jobless is a character in Caribbean folklore. It's a human woman, usually having an attractive body and clothing, but a hideous face which she keeps hidden. She has one human foot and wow, one cow hoof. She lures males into the forest so that they can get lost and never find their way back so they end up dying either by getting eaten by a wild animal or by, other, by some other gruesome means. This happened in Trinidad in the 80s. My uncle was living in the house I live in presently, my grandfather's house that my mother inherited. In those days, it was my grandparents and their eight children. My uncle was one of the older siblings and would work late night shifts so he can return at home between the hours of 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Now, my street then wasn't as developed as it is now. There was a lot of bush and forested area with a few houses scattered in between. My house is about a quarter mile in, and the road wasn't paved in at that time. It was more of like a track than a road. So one night, when my uncle returned home from one of his night shifts, he saw in the distance a woman walking down the street. From the look of her clothing, he assumed it was my senile great-grandmother. She had a few instances where she would just wander off and reach far places. So initially, my uncle thought it was her. He saw her familiar dress and the white shawl she had always had draped over her head. and he could White make, shawl. Mm-hmm. And he could make out pieces of the tattoos she had on her arm. You have a badass great-grandma. But now he thought it was strange. It was the latest he ever saw her outside the house was at least 10 minutes away from ours. So he called out to her a couple times, but she didn't turn around and she kept walking. At this time, my uncle decided to follow her and get her back to the house. As he neared her, he realized something really weird. He kept calling out to her, and yet she didn't turn around. When he looked down, he saw that my great-grandmother had a cow hoof where her left foot should have been. He was really close to her now when he noticed, and the woman stopped dead in her tracks. My uncle, in sheer terror, turned around and said he never ran so fast in his entire life. He raced on home, and since that incident... He always had my grandfather wait up for him until he eventually left that job. Wow. Yeah. Horrifying. And I've That's never terrifying. heard of this. I've never heard of this, like, Caribbean folklore myself. So I would love to look into this a little more. Yeah, that, that is be horrifying. Fun. That's, like, a, a weird, like, hormone monster-looking thing from Big Mouth where it's, like, human. Yes, <laughs> But yeah, that is my first encounter story. Wow. If you guys have any encounter stories with the La Diables slash La Jables, which is the Caribbean folklore, email us at justbullythingspodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> my favorite. Okay. So this one is called Nurses Experiences with the Paranormal. I've been a nurse for the last six years. It's a very rewarding career but it has its cons i have had many creepy experiences in that time here are a couple all right one you ready i'm ready to wrap in okay yeah because there is five. Oh wow okay. working on a night shift at an ltc f- facility i don't know what ltc means do you no idea okay Sorry. me and my only co-worker on the unit we're doing around and stopped to reposition someone. We heard someone running up the hall as if there was an emergency. No one was around when we checked. Spooky kooky ookie. <laughs> we have a system like a phone where where we can call the residents' rooms. A resident rang his call bell and I answered with the phone as I was in the middle of passing medications. All I heard was, Mommy, are you there? in a child's voice. Ooh. Ew. 
<laughs> the room I called was for an elderly man. <laughs> My coworker went to investigate and the man was sleeping. No TVs or radios were on. Three. I was leaving work one evening when and was in a hallway that had the locker rooms, a morgue, and then the door to the outside. You have to press in the code to be let outside. I was at the exit door and about to put in the code when I heard someone running at me. I thought they were going to actually run into me. They were running so fast. So I started to duck out of the hallway. I turned around and no one was there. It seems like there's a lot of little things happening with no one being there to mm-hmm. cause them. Yeah. Okay. Four. I was going to get a resident into bed after supper. Her room is the very last one down the long hall. I closed the door over. Can't completely close because she has stuff hanging on the back of it. I was halfway through her cares and the door opens on its own almost completely. I work with people who like to play pranks. So I said something out loud like, ha ha, very funny. Closed the door and finished my cares. When I came out to the common room, I asked if they were down the hall and neither of them was. Five. Where I currently work, it's a very old building and is known to be haunted. Most of my workers warned me on my first shift about hearing people and seeing people who aren't there. I was just outside the dining room and my coworker was in the kitchen. I heard my name, so I turned around and said, yeah, what's up, to my coworker. She said she didn't say anything to me and I was very freaked out. I have never experienced, I have experienced many other spooky things and I can write about them another time. Oh, that voice thing is, is what caught me. Hearing yeah. the voice. What gets me is the door creaking open. See, the only For reason... some reason, there's something so spooky about that. Wherever you are, whoever you're with, if you're with anyone, it doesn't matter. A door opening on its own is terrifying. That is. The only thing that kind of threw me off was that she was saying that there was stuff on the back of the door. And that makes me believe that maybe, like, the weight of it, like, moved it. Okay, that's fair. But that's just me, like, that's me playing, like, devil's advocate and, like, playing the other side and, like, trying to be, like, logical about things. Yeah. The, when when it comes, but that also comes down to, like, anything that there is nothing there to, like, really explain it, like, the kid's voice, that's what's catching me right now. Like, oh, oh my God. Yeah, what, what was it that it said? Mommy, are you there? Was that, I, I know it said, like, are you there? I wasn't sure if it yeah, said mommy. mommy. Oh, okay, well, then that just. voice saying mommy, are you there? Well, that just fucking turns it up 20 notches because that's horrifying. <laughs> like, mommy, uh-uh, I am not your mother, child. Get the <laughs> hell away from me. All right, um, w- uh, one to four. Uh, two. Two, okay. One, two. This is titled, might be a funny one, but scary nonetheless. All right, guys, so when I was 20 years old, I went out to the pool club with a group of friends to hang out and chill. We played a couple of games, and after a while, got tired, so we sat on the side just talking amongst each other and having fun. I decided that I was going to go get something to drink and asked everyone what they wanted. As I made my way to grab the drinks, this lady approaches me and greets me with a hello. She was drop-dead gorgeous. Blonde hair, blue eyes, you get the deal. We started talking, and we really hit it off. Long story short, I asked her if she wanted to come hang out sometime, and she replied with yes in the quickest way you can imagine. I just laughed it off, and she started to do this weird laugh (laughs) afterwards, and I made my way back to my friends and told them about everything that happened. Fast forward to next Friday, I asked her if she wanted me to pick her up, and she declined and told me to meet her at the restaurant, even though we agreed that I would pick her up before. If you're going on a first date with someone, do not have them pick you up. You go meet them in a public place. <laughs> this woman is I was smart. I talking about this at dinner last night. A friend, okay, so a friend of mine was going to go on a Tinder date, and the date was going to be a hike in the woods. Bitch. Bitch. <laughs> she is setting herself up to be murdered. Nope. 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 Wait, was this recent? Like, she's going on a date with someone recently? This was a, a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. So I was going to be like, bitch, social distance and be in a public place. Yeah, this was before social distancing. Oh, okay. but But, yeah. No, public place always. She's like, yeah, we were maybe going to go on a hike. I'm like, no. And then our other friend was like, well, I was going to go with her. I'm like, great. So now you're a two for one. I know. He's seriously like, wow. Like, I did not expect this. That's literally begging to get murdered. I'm sorry. I do not wish that on anybody, but that is just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So, um... I shrugged it off and went to the restaurant. I live about five minutes from the restaurant, so I decided to walk there, and if need be, I'd use my car to drop her off or whatever. 
When I get there, I see her already sitting at the table looking around the restaurant. When I had called her to ask how long it would take her, she said about an hour since she lived pretty far, and as soon as the phone call ended, I made my way to the restaurant. I got there in like seven minutes, so you guys do the math. Confused, I stand back for a while, observing her behavior, which was very odd. I just thought she might be nervous about the date, so I went to greet her and everything. After a great night of chit-chat and amazing food, we decided we would take a stroll. Oh, God. As we were walking, she asked if I can drop her off. At first, I hesitate as I see the Toyota car keys dangling from her purse. But being the gentleman I am, I agree to drop her off without questioning her about the keys. The whole ride there was super awkward. She didn't say a word, and when I tried to start a convo, she wouldn't answer. After an hour ride, which seemed like uh, to last a lifetime, we reached her house, and I stopped the car. As soon as I put the car in park, she got up and jumped on top of me, kissing me. I obviously didn't mind at all. (laughs) This guy. After a couple of minutes kissing, she invites me into her house. I gladly offered, and we got to it. After a while, I asked if I could crash at her place because I was tired and didn't want to make the drive out, and she sort of hesitated but agreed. She told me to sleep on the couch while she slept in the bedroom. She gives me a blanket, and we call it a night. I don't really fall asleep that quick, because so I decide to use my phone for a bit and chat with a couple of my friends before sleep. Then, all of a sudden, I start to hear her crying and stomping. Shocked, I put my phone away and started to listen to what was going on. She started shouting, screaming, and cried louder and shouted words like die and some other weird shit I don't even understand. Not gonna lie. Where do you find these stories? (laughs) Reddit. Not gonna lie. Sponsor us. Not gonna lie. I was scared to see what was going on, so I stayed on the couch acting like I was asleep. All of a sudden, the tantrum stops and the door swings open. The blanket I used was knitted, so there were holes all over it. So I used one of the holes to see if she was looking. And she was there, (laughs) naked, hair all fucked up, looking dead at me. She was just standing there. I started to hear (laughs) things all around me fall to the floor. She was standing in front of me. How were these things falling if she wasn't touching them? I kept an eye on her the whole time, thinking to myself, what the fuck have I gotten into? (laughs) After a couple of minutes of her thinking, uh, a whole time thinking to myself, what the fuck? Okay. After a couple of minutes of her just standing there, she walks over to the drawer to the right of me, and I slowly move towards my right, keeping an eye on her. Before she even made it to the drawer, it opened. (gasps) At this point, I was praying to God tears going down my eyes behind me i heard the door opening and closing opening and closing and i was at the point where i was about to rush out of here and beat this lady if i had to when all of a sudden she comes rushing at me in the blink of an eye she was on top of me trying to choke me mind you i'm six foot five 270 at the time and i was having trouble getting her off me and she's maybe five 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 six one thirty pounds I held her by the head and pushed her away as, and got up as quick as possible. I grabbed my backpack and took my gun at, I took out my gun and aimed oh at her. God. Who the fuck? Okay, this is definitely a southern state. I realized it wasn't loaded, but I tried not to make it hot that I had no ammo. I walked backwards towards the door, keeping my eye on her at all times, and this bitch picked her hand up, and the fucking fridge fell down. She picked oh her God. other hand up, and the TV fell. When I seen that, I ran like Usain Bolt out of that crib and inside and into my car. She was running after me. I got in my car, turned it on, and she was running alongside my car and gave it a good punch, and the mirror broke. How the fuck does she break the mirror in one fucking punch? I'm like, fuck nah, and slam the gas. <laughs> I can't read through all this. She fell backwards and stayed on the floor. Um, my friends and I visited the house the next day, making sure we had ammo just in case things went sideways, but we saw nothing. No car, no movement, and not her. Scariest day of my life. I'm still wondering what she was, because she wasn't no human. This bitch really made things fall with her hands. Well, thanks for reading, guys, and please explain to me what the fuck I just experienced. <laughs> like, that's a witch. What the hell? That's a witch. That, like some people, so I was reading the comments because I wanted to see if anyone was roasting the story. And someone was like, maybe it was like a succubus. But Ooh. I don't know. I That's fucked up. And, mm, mm, this is when people, this is when one night stands, Tinder dates go wrong. This is like the absolute worst case scenario. 
This is the worst case scenario of a Tinder tinge bumble date ever. But I mean, the fact that this guy sees her at this party, everything looks normal. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? That story was the definition of a roller coaster. I can't. Oh I can't God. even make comments on. This. I can't even make jokes because this is just such a fucked up story. I'm like, do I even bother reading my next story? That was so good. <laughs> I wish that was saved for the end, but it is all in the fate of Lily Baldessari picking a number from one to five. <laughs> all right, Lil, what's your next story? All right, this one is called What Did I See? Mm. When I was about 14 years old, I had seen something standing over my bed. I had a dream that night. I was at school eating lunch, doing the regular things a middle schooler would do. Then in my dream, a school shooting takes place. Then it suddenly cuts to a view of me on my bed under the covers. I'm shaking and crying in the dream. I got pushed out of my bed and into my floor with the covers covering my face and in terror of something I can't see. I wake up obviously frightened by what just unfolded. I get out of bed and go into my living room to shake off the fear. I go back to my room and open the door, and as soon as I open the door, I see a tall, slender figure standing over my bed in the exact spot, the viewpoint from the dream. The figure was about seven to eight feet tall, wearing what looked like a black, tattered, hooded robe. Oh, God. I could make out very little of the appearance of the figure because of how dark my room was, but I could make out this, that the skin on the figure was shriveled. I could only make out parts of the face and some of the right arm. People have told me it was, a, it was stress making me see this or that it was a demon. I'm wondering, could it have been something else? Can anyone help me figure out what this figure was and how it was able to manipulate my dreams? I mean, I, that's, I feel like spirits, like you're most vulnerable while you're dreaming, while you're sleeping, while you're in a certain mental state. So I definitely believe that, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a demon, but definitely a negative energy. I think there's also a bit of a case of, like, deja vu happening, where when he walked out of his room and then came back into his room, it was exactly the same viewpoint from the dream. Because that that gets me. Yeah, that makes sense, though. But it's like, why did he have this deja vu? Like, what does that mean? Like, is this this foreshadowing for something that is going to happen or it had happened and maybe like it was so traumatic that his brain like suppressed it. Yeah. If that type of crazy shit went down, I would not go to school the next day. If I had a dream about a school shooting and then I, and I could see myself in bed and then I saw a weird tall figure that looked like what sounds like the grim reaper in a tattered black robe. I'd be like, uh, no school for me. Thanks. Did he go to school though? I don't know. It didn't say I should have asked. I'm very curious. But, I mean, it's just situations like that. Like, there's so many different theories to go around with deja vu. We should do... Have we done a deja vu episode? I don't think we have, but I think we should. That'd be pretty cool because I'd love to also read different theories about deja vu because there's so many different ones out there that are so intriguing. And I don't know. I just think, like, especially, like, when people have premonitions and stuff and, like, they can picture something happening and then it happens, that stuff freaks me out. Like, how would you possibly yeah. put two and two together? All right. Yeah. So, uh, one, two, or three? Three. All right. We felt it lay between us. This was when I was on vacation overseas. My dad works in a different country, so for vacation, my mom and sis were there. Since my dad stays there alone, he would usually stay in a studio flat, but since we came, he took a two... Um, I don't know, it's pretty much a two-bedroom thing for rent. The flat was a very isolated area, and the building had hardly rooms occupied. So my mom and sister first traveled there, and then I joined them later after completing my exams. Meanwhile, my sister stayed at an aunt's place because there was no Wi-Fi set up yet. Need to say where there's (laughs) Wi-Fi, duh. Leaving my mom to spend quiet time alone in that house. Shit, my phone just fell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, wait, I need to take a picture of this. The struggle is real. <laughs> Lily, how are you doing? My phone fell in between my nightstand and my bed. This is the best view I've ever seen. You got it! Do you ever see that video meme and it's like, uh, like just the meme where it's like, what, uh, what a demon sees from underneath your bed while you're trying to plug in your phone? Oh, and it's like... <laughs> yeah, that was literally you. <laughs> Okay, anyway, sorry. That was just too good not to record. Okay. <laughs> meanwhile, oh, my meanwhile, my sister's at my aunt's place, Wi-Fi, yeah. 
When I flew over, my sister entered the house for the first time along with me. Evidently, mom and dad used to sleep in one room, leaving me and my sister in the other room. Since it was our vacation, we would usually keep talking or playing games till early morning and then sleep. As days passed by, we started, ten- we started sensing these weird events, which grew stronger over time, more like a constant presence. We would hear knocks on the washroom door, knocks coming from under our bed, and this frequently occurring step- footsteps in the hallway, like as if someone approaching our door. Anytime we would open the door thinking it might be our parents, there would be no one there. We started telling my mom about it, and she would keep brushing it off, saying just sleep early. Until the most horrific event of my life took place. So one night, my sister and I did our usual thing. Both were up using our phones until the blanket and uh, under the blanket until I felt a pressure, a depression on the mattress next to me. Thinking it's my mom going to yell at me for not sleeping, I removed the blanket off my face, only to realize there was no one there. And trust me when I say a pressure, like a legit movement, like as if someone literally just came and slept next to me. I got up in shock and shitty scared. I told my sister what shitty scared. I never heard that. I told my sister what happened and she just looked at me blank. Then she told me that she felt the same thing two minutes ago, but she felt like someone came and slept between us. She called me since, but since I had my earphones in, I didn't listen. She ignored it. And then two minutes later, the same thing happened to me, but this time it was by my side. This gave us chills. We ran to our parents' room and slept that night in their room. I don't want to bore you all with a long story, but it does not end here. The upcoming events shook us bad. If anyone's interested, I'll tell you guys further. But she just posted this two days ago, so she hasn't updated her story. But Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's that's bad. The, the fact that you? the sister also experienced this, too. Exactly. That would. That's one of those times that it's, like, equal parts terrifying and comforting mm-hmm. because you're like shit she saw it too so you know it's real and you're, so you're not like well crazy. i'm not crazy but oh my god i'm not crazy that's it's like sometimes like i wish i was fucking psycho in those moments yeah all right lil what's your next story it's called the little blue boy the little blue boy okay when me and my wife first moved in together we lived in an apartment in georgia nice place with a little age on it we had our first daughter we just had our first daughter Fast forward to almost two years into living there, and my daughter is in the hallway leading to the bedrooms. She runs into the living room in tears, saying the little blue boy won't let her by. I'm hit with several different emotions, being that I've sensed stuff in this house I wasn't cool with. Being of an extremely unorthodox Christian background with knowledge and acceptance of paranormal things, I rushed to the hallway, looked to see if I could see anything, and of course I couldn't, and then rushed to open the front door. I sternly command the spirit to leave now. My daughter, at this point, roughly 18 months old, she says she sees the little blue boy leave via the door. My adrenaline was going. I was afraid, but I was relieved to hear of the little blue boy departing. That was that was the last we had seen or heard of him. After doing some research, we found out there had been a fire that destroyed most of the apartment complex about 10 or so years back, and a few families didn't make it. Wow. When I asked my daughter to describe the little blue boy, which is silly to ask of an 18-month-old, she just said his face and fingers were blue. I believe my daughter has uh, has inherited a trait to see spirits since my wife and her mom and sisters can all see them, and are and they are very okay with them. I cannot see paranormal anything. <laughs> <laughs> and this type of stuff freaks me right the fuck out. I wonder what the significance of it being blue is. I mean, either it's the daughter can't correctly communicate and it's not blue, but that's just like the word she knows because she's only 18 months old. Yeah, exactly. But that's still pretty articulate for an 18 month old. Okay, I wasn't sure because I'm not around kids a lot, so I don't really know like the progression stages, but I feel like... 18 months old and this girl being able to express why she's not able to like go somewhere or like explain what a boy looks like like, that sounds a little advanced right yeah especially and then for her to not be like oh he's blue but he has hammers for hands and he's you know seven feet tall like it's just not anything ridiculous it's just no he's blue yeah yeah like it doesn't seem too complex like too out there and a lot of the time, I feel like a lot of the time, it, it, when a kid has an imaginary friend, it's never anything scary. Never, yeah. Like, it may be freaky to the parents, but clearly they're presenting themselves in a way to the kids that, like, it doesn't freak them out. Like, it's comforting yeah. them. 
Um, that's why sometimes, like, I think, like, is it really an imaginary friend, or is it just, like, your spirit guides, your guardian angels at a young age, like, just being there for you and knowing that you're young enough where you're able to see them, but, like, you don't really understand the concept of them just yet? And then by the time exactly. you do... I mean, I had an imaginary friend that was strictly imaginary. Definitely nothing paranormal, You had an imaginary friend? I did. I did. His name was Sticky, and Sticky. he owned a diner. And, or no, no, her name was Sticky. Sticky was a girl. Sticky was a girl. And she was the reason my room was so messy because I would clean my room and she would come in and mess it up because she was sticky and things would stick to her. And then they'd fall off. And that's why my room was so messy. And she had a brother named Flippy who did backflips and was in the circus. That is, how old were you when you had this imaginary friend or friends? Oh God, I was like four. But that's pretty, I mean, you were the queen of excuses then. Like, if this was an imaginary <laughs> friend, you were like, yeah, well, the reason why my room's a mess, I cleaned it, but my friend has sticky fingers and, like, just drops everything. Where she, that's such a good excuse. And then your parents really can't yell at you. Yeah, they, they couldn't get too mad because it was really elaborate. You know, it was so really good. elaborate. It was my story and I stuck to it. What about you? Did you have an imaginary friend? I, if I did, I don't remember it whatsoever. I've asked my parents. They don't remember anything like that so which I'm surprised because I'm an only child so I would think that like I would want to create a character in my head to like kind of create hang out with yeah exactly (laughs) but my mom like I was at the park like every single day growing up so I had like a group of friends that I would always see so I was never really and then like if I was by myself for a period of time like I had I was really into dolls and I felt like the dolls would talk to me like American mm-hmm. Girl dolls. So I guess that was kind of a creepy part about me. Like that was my creepy kid side. But okay. um yeah, I never physically saw something that wasn't there from what my parents can recollect. And I don't remember anything. So Okay. All right. Um third uh, so first or second? First. Okay. I was on that one anyway. Third eye experiences paranormal and UFO. Hi everyone, this story is about the day my third eye opened and I will describe most of the paranormal experiences I had during this and after this. Maybe there's something you guys can relate with, I'd like to know. These experiences I'm about to tell go from simple to extreme in order. I like this. In 2010, I was sitting in a passenger seat of a car with three of my friends. Out of nowhere, I felt this huge pain in my forehead, it blinded my sight, and I heard, your third eye is now fully opened. I had no idea what a third eye was, never heard of it. I screamed of pain, and I thought, what the heck is going on? What does this mean? I heard the same voice speaking for the last time. The truth can now never be hidden. You will always know the absolute truth. Yeah, I was like, whatever, weird, just a headache. In the mirror, there was nothing to be seen. The next day, there was something. The headache was gone, and a birthmark started growing on the exact spot that I felt this intense pain. I was scared that it was a bad thing. For two weeks, it grew bigger, and then it stopped. Internet research wasn't major in 2010. I couldn't find the information about a third eye there is today. I thought it's just a birthmark. I discovered it was real by my experiences myself. It started small, and you guys, I'm actually tearing up because it's really scary to tell these things. Every time I want to speak up, I feel like it's forbidden, like it's attracting more experiences. And I don't want to scare you. It's just that I've never figured out if it's a good or bad thing, what's happening or can happen. I'll describe to you my process. Stuff gets lost that you just had in sight. You just use your remote to change the channel. You just had your phone in your hands, and then it's suddenly gone. You go look for it, maybe 10 minutes being spent on your search when you give up. It's right there, beside you. There's no way. Are you, use, are you losing your mind? You can lose your keys, right? Well, what if you had cleaned your room? There was nothing messy, and you have your remote as the only thing on your bed. Believe me, you go wild when it's gone. And when you lay down and give up after you've searched every inch, it's right next to you, smiling at you. Damn. Or suddenly the audio of the television goes louder on its own, or the television or the PlayStation just turns on out of nowhere when you're just about to fall asleep, when there's no way it could turn on its own, and it does, the way it starts seems simple until my bedroom door slowly opened and the handle started moving mm-hmm. fast in front of my the eyes. The opening, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. When there's no one there, just the beginning of rare and unique experiences. This person needs to contact that girl I was talking about yesterday with all the stuff being missing and then being found <laughs> in the same exact spot. <laughs> Because she I was may be having that story all day. <laughs> she may have a third eye that she didn't know just opened herself. So, 
for the past yeah. five years. Um, second experience. I've seen stuff move out of nowhere. A spoon and a cup of coffee twisted 180 degrees. Try it. Try turning a spoon side in a cup with one push like some weird swirl of wind would suddenly be living in your living room. Like how? I tried to rep- replicate what I had seen. Never accomplished this. I saw three decorative candles fly suddenly into the living room. I saw a lighter fly off the table for no reason and suddenly change direction midair. I heard and saw things move with no one else inside and the door and window closed. Third experience. I had bought three piercings one day. I picked the one I liked most to wear. I, when I woke up the next day, I felt a change immediately when the new, pier- new piercing was gone. I was wearing my old one again, which was partly broken. The other two I had bought were in the drawer. I alone, I thought, I, I was alone, I thought, or not. Who could remove a piercing and then place an old one in? My new piercing <clears throat> never found, was never found again. Once again, I blame myself, which feels impossible, like finding a precious ring back one day right beneath the bed. The ring was lost for like three years. How? I cleaned there a hundred times. I even moved rooms meanwhile. How could the ring suddenly be back there? I didn't know. A similar thing happened this year with another ring. It disappeared from my nightstand, and when I woke up, I searched everywhere for it. When I got to bed that evening, it was lying there on my nightstand. It was the only thing laying there, really visible. How could I have missed that, or who could have done that? Once again, I don't know. Another. I had dreams that came true. It's rare. Usually it's exposing betrayal. You can you get to see and feel what people will do or are doing to you in real life. I tried changing outcomes. I tried doing nothing. I tried doing nothing with the trans with the information I had. Both doesn't prevent cases from happening. The only advantage you already knew is you just couldn't believe it until it happened. You need to see it with your own eyes to believe it's real. The last phase is a phase you will take back when you experience the paranormal, like hearing what others think clearly in your head. How can you believe it's true? Telepathic contact with somebody. How many times do you have to say and do the exact same thing at the exact same time to believe it exists? How far does coincidences go? When you see these things with your own eyes, you will definitely tell yourself it's not real. You try to tell yourself it's not real so many times. It's hard to deal with the unknown. You try to find logic in what you experience. Sometimes there's no answer. My most challenging experience has to be with extraterrestrial life. Those three, mm-hmm, those three friends were the beginning. Like those three friends were the beginning. Like I said before, how this all connects is a process of many years. First, back to 2010 with them. I've seen so many UFOs. I discovered them first. It started small around the same time my third eye opened. At the time, I didn't realize how big of a deal this was. I noticed a star. It stood out from the others like it wasn't a real star. I sounded ridiculous. My friends didn't believe me. What are you talking about? It's just a star. We had summer break and were outside for weeks. Once I discovered the star, I found it back the nights after that in a complete different position. My obsession grew and it felt unexplainable to me even. I really felt like I was going crazy until one night the star moved. The star moved after hours and hours of intense watching. It had moved. I was happy like crazy. My friends thought I had lost my mind. They didn't see it. How could they have known what was about to happen? Next night, there was was my star again. It came closer than I noticed. I didn't say a thing to my friends. By this point, I was the silent weirdo obsessed with the star. The star (laughs) moved back and disappeared in the universe within a second. I was confused on how fast it was. It showed me a couple of times, and one time when it came back, it wasn't alone. There were three of them, and they started to dance. I don't know how I can explain what I saw. I told my friends, who probably hated me for even mentioning the star again, and yet, (laughs) when they looked, they saw it too. I enjoyed these beautiful performances for hours and hours. 14 nights in a row, I've seen the most beautiful formations happen in the sky. Circles, triangle, perfect synchronization with each other or as individuals. It was amazing and scary at the same time. Every night, it was a different number of stars with a max of three. Every night, they were there performing in the sky for me and all my friends to see. We tried to film it. Quality of cameras were way too bad. There was no way it was visible on screen with 1.2 MP quality camera. My friends started to experience the stuff getting lost, like I described in the beginning, like something was playing games with them. And by seeing it as a star, I mean, it looked like one before the moves became highly advanced and intelligent. Humans don't have that speed of light technology or they kept it or they've kept it from society. Probably. 
seeing an uh, seeing a UFO is different than seeing an alien itself. We all push the UFO experiences away after realizing if those intelligent beings were watching us and noticed us and were dancing for us, making their presence known as clear, what was there about to happen next? We could conclude that if they watched us, they also knew where we lived. The consequences of connecting with extraterrestrial life were at another level for my teenage brain. Hard to handle, fear grew, and yet it came to the point where I actually met aliens. The government theory practicing their new gear flew out of the window that night. In 2015, five years later. Hmm. I was recovering from an accident with death experience at home in a bed with, in my living room. I was already off medication by that point, really clear-minded. I really wasn't expecting visitors that evening, and I couldn't believe my eyes. UFOs weren't on my mind anymore in my life. It was a really long time ago. I had turned off the television, turned around, and was about to close my eyes when this bright white light behind me caught my attention. And that was impossible because there was no light on. I didn't want to look because you always look and nothing's there, right? I just had to look because the white light was really odd for me. And there they were. In the corner of my living room, two aliens. They were smaller oh, than you might expect. I counted five long fingers on a hand like us. They were pure bright white light shaped, alien, uh, shaped as an alien as we know it, with the height of a six-year-old human child. One was smaller than the other. I was thrown off. I looked away and looked back. I rubbed my eyes a few times. At first, I was even scared to blink. I observed them for 15 minutes without saying a thing. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I lost my capabilities to think. I had no intelligent questions. They reassured me through te telepathic contact. They told me they were only watching me and wouldn't hurt me. Thought it was okay and I shouldn't be scared. I was like, yeah, what do I do now? What I normally should do. I decided to turn the television on. I, for sure, wouldn't have believed my own mind, even with the UFO experiences in the past, if the following things didn't have happened. When I pushed the button to turn the television, a light underneath the television, which was only turned on through a touch sensor, turned on in the brightest setting ever. I was confused as fuck and looked at the remote control like that couldn't, that couldn't turn on the light, and the television turned on right after and gave a blue screen. Double confusion, never saw that before. I just watched the television, and it worked fine. It started to snow gray in between. I tried to fix the problem, and I couldn't understand it. I completely forgot the aliens were there and existed, until I remembered after a minute or five that, and looked. They were all still there, watching me. Maybe they had me in their control and wanted me to remember again. I told them telepathically the television didn't work and I couldn't fix it. Maybe if they left, it would work again. I looked back at the television and suddenly I knew what the problem was. The output had changed somehow. I turned it back and the television worked again. The aliens were gone. And there I remembered the existence of a phone. I couldn't even think to take a picture or film them. Ironically enough, it's quite overwhelming and shocking. I was typing what I was witnessing to one of my friends. I started typing when his name and his picture disappeared in front of my eyes. Again, I was confused. He disappeared out of my contacts, like for real. It took a day or something for the picture to return, and there was nothing. The number I had to manually add back in, only time this happened to me. The confirmation this was true the next day was not only through looking at my phone, the light underneath the television was still on when I woke up, reminding me oh, immediately shit. that everything I had seen was certainly not a dream. I wish it was. I still don't know what they want or will do, and if it was the same ones from 2010 that I had experienced. I asked those friends if they remember the UFOs, and they remember vividly. The U.S. Navy confirmed one UFO video to be real six months ago, published by all mainstream media. The files on the FBI site are, are describing UFOs, too. It's way more in the open now than five years ago, and it still sounds like complete sci-fi and far away to me. Unfortunately, I need to face the facts. This is reality. Some experiences felt like heaven. Some felt like hell. What are your experiences? Wow. That is one of the most descriptive UFO alien experiences I've ever read. I was thinking that. I was thinking that about the details and everything. And Do you think that those were the aliens who were, like, piloting the UFOs that he saw? I, I mean, I couldn't see why it wouldn't be. It seems like this is directed towards them, this, like, performance yeah. and, like, meeting this guy. And... It's interesting, too, of saying, like, about the third eye experience. Maybe the third eye is your connection with extraterrestrial life. 
Yeah. Maybe that was like what the third eye for him was doing because it seemed like as soon as he started growing this third eye, I was experiencing like these changes in his life of what he was experiencing. He then experienced the UFOs and then five years later he actually experienced an alien. Like it just seems like all coincidental. Yeah. It's a weird story. Very weird story. So if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience like UFO extraterrestrial life, email us at just goalie things podcast at gmail.com. Because I thought the extra, I thought the UFO episode that we did was really cool. We should probably like revisit that and see if there's more experiences that we can find online since then. Because yes, I feel like, yes, yes. like he said, there's been more experiences that are like projected in the mainstream media than there were like ten years ago. So yeah. maybe there's more that the FBI is going to disclose to us. You never know. Ooh, I hope so. Yeah. All right, Lil. What's your next okay. story? All right. So my next and last story is strange experience at Auschwitz. Ooh. Yeah. This is so interesting. this is just kind of like a spooky one. So strap in. Mm-hmm. Here we go. This happened when I was 15. I went to Poland with my family to visit uncles, aunts, and cousins. During our stay, we went to Krakow, which is an amazing city in the south of Poland near the incredible Tatra Mountains. On our second day, we decided to visit Auschwitz. The day was very clear, as I remember, but there was a strong breeze throughout the day. Auschwitz isn't too far from Krakow. It is about an hour's drive. I hope I'm saying that right, Krakow. I think I think so. I think yeah, I'm pretty sure. I hope so. We arrive at Auschwitz with and one of the first things you see are this chain link fence and the train tracks leading into the camp. When you head in, they have set it up as a museum and there are many different exhibitions and collections of various items and belongings such as pairs of glasses and suitcases all separated out. You can visit cells where the victims were held. They are in long buildings, one after another, with a gap in between. Outside, there was no wind, no sound, not even birds singing. It is a very eerie atmosphere. There was one particular building where you could enter the building, and this is where my experience took place. I went down a staircase, and it was quite dark down in this basement. There were holding cells made up of wood paneling and bars. The air felt thick and stuffy really dense there were a few people down there apart from myself but it wasn't crowded to me it felt and looked exceptionally dark and that i i then had a sudden feeling of claustrophobia i don't suffer with this but i felt as if things were getting closer to me tightening and the air was getting stuffier and thicker i then had a sudden feeling like a subconscious feeling that something was telling me to get out quick this is exactly what i did back into the eerie silence of the outside I don't know if this was paranormal or just me being scared, but would love to hear some feedback and would also love to know if anyone else experienced something at Auschwitz. Ooh. So I read some of the comments on this and mm-hmm. someone else said that they went and had the exact same thing happen. Wow. The tighten, like the tightening, the air getting closer. And I personally think that in a place where there was so much, you know, negative energy and trauma and everything, that energy stays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's literally, I mean, there's no other way to describe it. I mean, the events that happened there were, I mean, one of the worst things that have happened in history. And so um, for you to think that there's just no energy left there, especially negative energy, you'd be crazy to think that. So, I mean, I would love to visit just to pay my respects. Um, Yeah. But like there, there was like this article, it was probably like a BuzzFeed article or something, but it showed... Uh, a collage of or like just like a slideshow of people going to like these places like these really dark history places and like taking selfies in front like smiling and it's like oh my god so cringy because it's like I understand you want to like document that you're there but there's like a way to do it and like these people are like smiling there's there's a nuance you don't smile in Auschwitz okay fun fact (laughs) you don't smile and there's nothing smiley about Auschwitz um but I would just love to go and like I mean even just like like see if like you can have like your own experience there because I feel like you could probably get something from that for sure yeah I think that even the description of like the train the train like the railroad tracks and stuff going in into like the like uh into the camp itself that's so creepy so creepy oh god yeah I know I had when I was reading it I got goosebumps Mm -hmm. little goosies all right (laughs) my last story is titled I woke up to a shadow person in my aunt's old house. 
Oh, great. For some background, this happened to my aunt's house back in 2007. I was 11, 12 years old at the time. My uncle had passed away from health problems maybe a year before, and my aunt bought this place with his insurance money. They previously lived with my uncle's parents, so she wanted to start fresh. It was a newer house right in front where the new Wet n' Wild is located in Las Vegas, literally in the middle of a desert. She lived there with her three kids. After a few months of living there, the oldest of the three, we'll call her Stephanie, started claiming that she was seeing stuff within the house. However, the only thing I heard she saw was a black dog with red eyes. So I personally didn't believe her. But my aunt was freaked out and had a medium come in. Long story short, the medium claimed that my uncle's presence was in the house and blah, blah, blah. The, ha- the rest of our family didn't believe any of this because my aunt had previously told the medium about my uncle's passing. So you could see why we didn't believe it, right? <laughs> now, on to my experience. I can't seem to remember why I spent the night there, but another cousin of mine was there too. I'm Mexican, so I have a lot of cousins, LOL. And her name is <laughs> Melanie. So Melanie and I weren't sleeping in Stephanie's room for some reason. Instead, we slept in the living room. I was on the couch facing the archway to the dining room, nook slash kitchen, and Melanie was on the couch perpendicular to me facing the front door of the house. I woke up randomly in the middle of the night, feeling somewhat wide awake and not thinking much of it. The moon and streetlights illuminated the room, so I was able to see where the TV hung, where the clock sat, silhouettes of family pictures all over the wall, etc., After a few minutes of just laying there, I turned to my right side to get comfortable and fall back asleep. As I turned, I glanced up toward the arch that led to the kitchen when I saw this tall shadow just standing there. My body automatically tensed up and I froze in fear. I remember my eyes being wide open from the shock. I don't even remember blinking. The figure was really tall, maybe nine feet, because it was practically the height of the arch, which was about 10 feet. It didn't have a face. It was just this black mass standing there, but I could tell it was staring directly at me. It was literally just a silhouette of a man wearing a fedora-like hat and a trench coat, like my experience. Oh, my God. But there were no details to it, just like a block figure. I looked over to Melanie and the other couch, but she was sound asleep. And I can't remember if I called her name out or not, but I looked back at the figure, and it was still there. So I did the only thing I could, flipped over to face the couch, and went right back to sleep. (laughs) This happened in 2007, and I actually didn't remember about this event until 2015 when I was 19. My aunt had moved to Ohio with her kids and new husband by this point. I guess my brain tried to repress it. When I remembered, Melanie and I were in a motel in California talking about her mom's sensitivity to the paranormal. And as she was telling me about a little girl she used to play with in her childhood apartment, the image of the shadow figure popped in my head. And I literally told her I didn't know if this was a dream or not, but as I told her what I was seeing in my mind I remembered more and more details now I know what you're thinking it was clearly a dream but believe me when I say it is not because another cousin of mine let's call her Lily not even lying hey. what they put, was the same age as Stephanie and always spent the night there so one day I was driving Lily home when I asked her about Stephanie about what Stephanie would see in that house I was hoping she'd say something about shadows but she didn't so I told her my story As I told her I saw the shadow, she freaked out and told me she saw the same thing. The only difference in our story was that she saw it standing in the kitchen and it glided to the right as if it were going into the garage. As soon as you passed the kitchen, oh, as soon as you passed the arch in the kitchen, there was a door to your right that led to the garage. She said that she didn't think anything of it and assumed it was a shadow created by passing car headlights. Later on, we actually drew out what we saw and it was the same figure. Mind you, I had never heard of shadow people until Shane Dawson made a video about them later on in 2015. <laughs> the only other people that were in that house that night were my aunt and my four cousins who were all on, on, under five foot five feet at the same time. Sorry, this is a long post, and if I told it weird, but hope you guys enjoyed. Wow. That, like I, like I said, I skimmed through these stories. I did not realize this experience that she had about the guy with, like, the fedora and, like, the trench coat was practically the same thing that I That's experienced. That's so similar to yours. Right? Isn't that so crazy? Spooky kooky ooky. Spooky kooky ooky, guys. And that concludes our quarantine spooky story special episode 18 of Just Ghouly Things. So, um, any closing remarks or should we just get right to the socials? Socials! All right. Instagram. Just Glowy Things Podcast. Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Lily Baldessari. Our Facebook like page. Just Glowy Things Podcast. Our Facebook private group. Just Glowy Things Podcast group. Our Twitter. 
JGT Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience that they'd like to share on the show, please email us at just ghouly things podcast at gmail.com. And, you know, I we are still doing the co-hosting through Skype and everything like that. I have to check if Skype has a feature where we can put more than, like, one person into, like, a video chat so that we can start I doing that. I, yeah, we have to. I'm not too familiar with Skype, so I have to check that. And then once we do and we can confirm that, we'll start emailing people and, like, getting some times down. All right? Sound cool? Sounds good. All right, Boo Thanks. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to Boo later. Goodbye. Goodbye.